All right, turn to Psalms chapter 100 this morning, Psalms chapter number 100, and we'll get right into the message this morning, uh, Psalms 100, a very familiar uh, passage of Scripture, and uh, we will read the entire psalm this morning for our text, and I'll be preaching from uh, the entire chapter this morning, but I believe uh, in this familiar passage of Scripture, we'll find some uh, truths that uh, I believe we're aware of, uh, but it's important for us to live them. And I believe certainly in this time we live in today, uh, but any time uh, we should give attention to what we find in Psalms chapter number 100. And then uh, let me just encourage you once again, uh, let's stay faithful to the Lord. Uh, we don't have as much going on around the church as we normally do, uh, but uh, God is still available 24-7. And so let's take advantage of a little bit of extra time. If you have some extra time, uh, spend it uh, in the Word of God, spend it in prayer. And uh, let me encourage you, not just read more Bible, but to study some, uh, to memorize it, uh, hide it in your heart. And so uh, let's look at Psalms 100. This is a <laughs> Very familiar passage of Scripture. We'll read the entire chapter this morning. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, <coughs> and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. We're going to look at this entire chapter, but I want to draw your attention to the first uh, phrase of this chapter. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Now, uh, those who uh, are not give, uh, gifted with the talent of singing, uh, we often uh, use this verse of scripture as justification uh, for uh, our, um, how can I say it, a lack of ability in that area. I don't know if anybody else out there would relate to that. Um, I know that uh, my wife uh, does not appreciate my singing. Um, of course, during church, I'm up here, they're out there, uh, but we do travel on vacation and those things, and I, she has the privilege of sitting by me. And uh, I do what everybody's just trying to do, grab your hymn book and turn the page and sing. And I begin to sing, and I guess she forgets between the last, the previous time to this time, and she always looks up at me and just looks at me. And um, now I know what it is, that, why she's looking at me, because I, 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 I am tone deaf. I, I, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Um, but uh, uh, she says, do you really have to sing that loud? I just sing louder when she does that, but, uh, um, but I'll use this justification to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Well, that's not really the context uh, of uh, this uh, passage of Scripture. We're going to look at it. Um, I guess technically it could be, but I want to see it, look at it from a different angle. I want to speak this morning on an invitation to worship, an invitation to worship. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray. Uh, <laughs> through the Word of God, we might be reminded of some things. I pray the Spirit of God will work in our heart. Uh, Father, that you are not bound by our current circumstances. Uh, you're not bound by uh, an adjustment of schedule. Uh, you can still work. You still are willing to work. You're still capable of working. I pray that uh, we'll allow the Spirit of God to work in our hearts this morning. 
I pray that if there's one uh, who's in the service or even listening online who's not saved, uh, may they realize their need of salvation today. Uh, they'll put their uh, faith and trust in Christ. And Father, I pray that we as a Christian, uh, we would look at this uh, passage of Scripture and this uh, idea of worship. May we look at it from a scriptural standpoint and uh, may we be helped by it today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. An idea of uh, worshiping and an invitation to worship. Uh, worshiping God is always appropriate. Uh, worshiping God is always important. And I believe this passage of Scripture is going to tell us much about worshiping God. And before I get into really into the introduction, uh, let me just remind all of us and state as fact uh, that because God is the one uh, who is being worshipped, God decides how He wants to be worshipped. There's a lot of people who use the word worship today, and they even say that we're worshipping God, but they don't worship in a way that is pleasing to God. How can it be worshipping one when the one receiving the worship has said he wants to be worshipped in a certain way? I say that to say it is important for you and I to approach the idea, the word, the definition of worship, worshiping our God in a way that God wants to be worshipped. You slapping a label worship on something doesn't make it worship. We have to go to the Scripture and let the Scripture tell us what is worship and how we are to be worshipped. A holy God deserves to be worshipped in a way that He deems appropriate to Him. Uh, too many times, we even as Christians, uh, we want to make it convenient for us. We want to define it as we would define it. But I believe today in Psalms 100, we'll get uh, a glimpse into the mind of God as we get an invitation <coughs> to worship Him. And I believe that's what we get in Psalms chapter number 100 when the Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. I used before I prayed that uh, silly illustration of uh, my singing and those who cannot sing, of using uh, this as a defense of our singing, make a joyful noise. Well, in reality, that is an uh, invitation to worship. It is, a, uh, it is a wartime shout, if you will. A army, a group, a battalion, some troop, rushing into war, and I was reading, uh, as, as we have it last night, I was reading some out of a history book uh, that's, a, that's bound, and it's got pages and words on it. It's a book and things like that. Uh, there's no pictures in it, so I don't know, but it's a history book, and I was reading uh, from the Civil War battle, and uh, one thing that jumped out it, uh, as I was reading, because it ties in with this definition of making a joyful noise, as, as one of the uh, troops uh, from the Army of the Northern Aggression we're trying to take over uh, a position held by those that believe in civil liberties and rights. And in that conflict there, uh, they, during that, one of the, 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 the uh, troops, they came over and they were yelling. They had a patented scream that they yelled. It was a wartime shout. Shout the victory. Have you heard that phrase? We want to shout because we win. Shout when there is a victory. That is a joyful noise, a shout of praise. Uh, it is more than just stating, although it is true, God is good. 
I'll say more about that later in the message. It's more than just having a mindset of the blessings of God. It is a joyful noise. It is a shout of victory. It is a shout of praise. It is something that is on the inside coming out on the outside. <coughs> Make a joyful noise, all ye lands. Now, I'll add with this as well, when the Bible speaks of all ye lands, that is all people. All people should praise and worship God, Jehovah God. I think we make the mistake, even as Christians in our nation, uh, we put people in a category because they say, well, they, don't, they, they say they don't believe God or they say they worship another God, so it exempts them from the Bible. Oh, no, friend, everybody will submit to the Word of God one day. Everyone should submit to the Word of God. All ye lands means everyone should praise and worship God. By the way, God does not coexist. God is not going to get along with everybody else. He's proven that through Scripture. God doesn't have to. He is the only one worthy of honor and praise. All should acknowledge that He is the Creator. Make a joyful noise, all ye lands. All should accept Christ as their Savior and serve and worship the one true God. Well, how can we have peace in this world? Well, when, it, when all the lands acknowledge God as God, when all the lands worship Him as the Creator, when I, I, could, I could bring peace to the world, but it'd be rejected by sinful men if we just look to God and worship Him, <laughs> that invitation to worship, that wartime shout, that shouting of victory, that shouting of praise. Let me use a illustration I believe that we will all understand even in this day uh, that we live in today. I believe it is appropriate corporately as a church for us to worship, for us to praise God, for us to shout the victory. And oh, aren't you looking forward to the days when we can get back together again and the choir sings and we, and we have this, this building full packed once again. Some of you have been complaining too long that you don't have a seat to sit in and, and, and stop complaining so we can get all back together again. But aren't you looking forward to this building being filled with the voices of God's people singing those hymns back to God and the amens and the shouting. And then when the word of God is preached in, in, in the amen and the shouting, the victory of what God has done for us, I think it's appropriate to come to church and the focus be on God and so that we have an expression of praise to him. We have an expression of, of victory to him. It is not about being entertained that is not worship, no matter what label you want to put on it. It is not about you being entertained. It is about us coming together as God's children with our focus on a holy God and, and, and acknowledging Him and worshiping Him. I think as a church, we should do that. But as an individual, we should do that. We should personally... Enter into the presence of God and worship Him. We're suffering today 
as Christians and in our, in our churches and, and, and subsequently as a nation because Christians think that they come to the house of God one time at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. They sing some songs, they're entertained, they go home, and that's all they ever do. Even in a Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church such as the Emmanuel Baptist Church, we shout the victory, we give God the glory, but that is not the only time you and I should worship God. If you notice, and this is just where I get this from and my, my belief and my philosophy, I don't call the service a worship service. Because every service we worship, but you ought to worship at home too. You ought to have a time individually where you worship God. You come to Him and you personally, privately make a joyful noise. You personally and privately give that wartime shout. You shout the victory. You shout of praise. Boy, if you, if you think back to the time, there's been times in my life, I'll tell you, that God has just done some miraculous things and God has given a blessing. I've had to excuse myself because, and go by myself where nobody can see me, nobody can hear me, and so I can shout the victory Shout the praise to my God. If somebody saw me doing that, they'd think I'd lost my mind. That is worshiping him. Here's the illustration. I have, <coughs> most of us, a lot of us would, uh, we like sports. Um, we like watching sports. Um, I have been in the, the, a stadium with 90,000 other people watching my favorite team. Now, I'll tell you, when we score a touchdown, everybody stands up and shouts the victory. Everybody does it. You don't want to be the only one that's not doing it. Everybody's doing it. You're celebrating when the game hangs in the balance and your team makes a play, whether it's on offense or defense, everybody shouts the victory. Now, some of you are looking at me a little confused. You must be Florida Gator fans. Let me explain this to you. When your team does something good and you win some games, I know it's been a long time, you get the point I'm making that together there's a celebration. I've also been all by myself in front of my television in my living room in my favorite team playing and the same thing happened and jump out of my seat and shout the victory. Now, I'm a little more animated with my personality by myself than I am with 90,000 other people. Now, let me make the analogy. You may be more animated by yourself, but you can still participate with God's people in shouting the victory to God. Somebody gets excited about what God is doing. You may not, not worship, you may not praise Him, you may not shout the victory the same way they do, but there ought to be something inside you that says, yeah, 
Praise God. Shout the victory to God. But by your, there ought to be a time when you're alone, when you're by yourself, and you have this invitation to worship. Make a joyful noise. Shout the victory. Shout the praise. He is worthy. He has done what only God can do. It is an invitation for the child of God to worship, and we should take advantage of that opportunity. Now, let me make a statement. I'll get into the outline. This invitation, worshiping God, this is the shouting the victory, making a joyful noise, shouting of praise. This is not conditional on our circumstances or our feelings. We are feeling the effects of all this slowdown in some way. But God is still worthy of being praised. I'm thankful to still live in the United States of America. As it is now, it's still better than anywhere else in this world. The point I'm making is, worshiping God, praising God, making a joyful noise to God, shouting the victory is not conditional on our circumstances. There have been times when God has just, he's just been extra good. And he's answered prayer. Or he's just bestowed a blessing. He's done a miracle. And I've been driving down the road and spontaneously, I've got to shout the victory to my God. I've got to shout praises to my God. There have been times when I've had to excuse myself. And I've just had to go get along with God. And I've had to look to the heavens and just... Make a joyful noise. But friend, can I tell you, even when it seems that God is not pouring out the blessings, and even though it seems that times are difficult, the circumstances should not and does not change the fact that a child of God, not just corporately, and that's why I'm thankful that we're able to, and we're still going to have church because we ought to get together and shout the praise to God, but as an individual, we ought to enter into that prayer closet. We ought to take that time to enter into the presence of God and shout the victory to Him. It's not conditional on circumstances. It's not conditional on your feelings. Well, Pastor, I just don't feel like it. That's your problem. God is still worthy to be praised. Well, I just don't feel like in these circumstances. God hasn't changed. Circumstances might. You might be in a bad mood. That doesn't change the fact that our God is worthy to be praised. Our God is worthy to be worshipped. doesn't change the fact that we should enter into his presence and shout the victory, shout the praise. So with that in mind, this invitation to worship is not conditional on any circumstance or feelings. All of us, let's be honest, all of us, those of you here, the earlier crowd, those watching online... All of us have a tendency to be more conscious and more willing to worship our God when things are going very well than we do when they're not. We enter into his presence telling him what we need, and he wants us to do that. 
We say, God, I've got to have this. I've got to have this. We should do that. We should make our requests known. He wants to do that. He wants us to do that. He wants to hear from us. But there also ought to be times when we enter into his presence and just shout the praise. Make a joyful noise. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to shout the victory because of how good you are, God. Let me make a few statements this morning considering this. Look at me, verse number two first. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Statement number one is this. Serving the Lord... We're going to serve the Lord with a positive, cheerful outlook. And I find it very interesting that serving God is tied with worship. There's a lot of people who say they just want to worship God, which means they just want to come to a service and get a feeling. But friend, when you... Take that tithe and offering and drop it in the offering plate. That's part of worship too. Saying, he is worthy. It, it's worship as well to serve him. Don't tell me you're going to worship God and you won't serve him with your life. Because before you serve him with gladness, you've got to actually serve him. I'm, I'm thankful for all of those who serve in, in different capacities at the Emmanuel Baptist Church. When I sent out word uh, this Thursday, this is how we're doing it. I didn't have to make a phone call. I didn't have to, I didn't have to follow up. It, the people just jumped. Everybody who, who has responsibilities just covered everything, adjusted to everything, and I knew that when I showed up, everything was going to be done. That's the people of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. But you ought to serve with gladness. Oh, we're inconvenienced. No, we get to serve God. He's worthy of our service. Oh, well, Pastor thinks that, uh, that, that all the young people, they ought to just serve God with their life. Yeah, not just the young people, the middle-aged people, the old people, and everybody in between ought to serve God with their life. That is part of worship. If you want to worship God this morning, you get ready to make that joyful noise. You get ready to enter into his presence and you shout that wartime shout. You shout that voice of the shout of victory, the, the shout of praise, but you get ready to serve him. What are you going to do this week? I'm going to worship God. Well, how are you going to do that? I'm going to serve him with my life. I'm going to, let me remind you, the scripture tells us that when a cup of water is given in his name, it's as if you're giving it to him. You, you, you're an usher, serving with gladness. You work in the parking lot, serving with gladness the best you can. If you work in the nursery, serving with gladness, no matter what your capacity, how you serve God today and throughout the week, there ought to be a gladness, there ought to be a joy. Come before his presence with singing. Well, I got to go do... No, serve the Lord. That's part of worship. You cannot separate serving God from worshiping God. You can wear a t-shirt. You can have a bumper sticker. And what's relevant in this day in society, your social media bio 
can say worshiper of God, but if you're not serving him and what you post on that social media feed is contrary to the word of God, you're not worshiping God. You cannot worship him when you separate serving him. Now that we have that established, we should serve the Lord with gladness. The greatest thing you and I get to do in our life is serve the Almighty. It's certainly your pastor's viewpoint. I hope it's your viewpoint. If you hold a door in this church, that's a big deal. You, 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 we can't do it now, but you go and you work in a nursing home and you encourage us, that's a big deal. You clean after others leave, that's a big deal. And we ought to be happy. You remember when you got excited about just helping clean the church? You remember when you just, pastor has given me an opportunity to serve. I got an opportunity to serve God. We ought to serve the Lord with a positive, cheerful attitude. I wonder how many more people would jump on board serving God if the people who served him were happy about it. That's part of worship. It's an invitation to worship. Come on, let's make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness, with joy. Number two. Second statement is this. Worship reminds us God is sovereign. Look at verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Now there's a lot in this passage of Scripture, this small chapter, we've already seen. We're going to get to some more. But really, take that phrase right there, and then we, the discussion about worship can really be over. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Worship reminds us God is sovereign. Why should we worship God? Because He's God. Why should we worship God? Because He's Jehovah. Why should we worship God? Because He's the Almighty. He is God. He is worthy. And we worship Him. It's a reminder to us of who He is. Let's be honest. We as people have a problem with pride. We like to put ourselves on a pedestal that we do not belong. And if we're not putting ourselves on that pedestal, we're putting somebody else on that pedestal. But we make up our mind to say, I'm going to go talk to my God. I'm going to go make a joyful noise. I'm going to shout the, the wartime shout. I'm going to go shout the shout of praise, the shout of victory. It reminds us who we are worshiping. It reminds us who is worthy of our worship. It is the almighty God. Verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. We're reminded of that phrase, He is God. There is none above or equal to. None above or equal to. My word is not equal to God's word. Your word is not equal to God's word. Your, your family tradition is not equal to God's word. God is above all. None or above are equal to. He's God. The scripture also reminds us, it is he that hath made us. He is the creator. We are nothing without him. It ceases to amaze me how man in general 
especially saved men, will disregard what God will want with their life, disregard the Word of God, and oftentimes try and dictate to God how things should be when He's the Creator. We would not exist without God. We are nothing without Him. But the Scripture goes on. We are His people and the sheep of His pastures. He's also the shepherd. Not only are there none above or equal to, it is also true we are nothing without Him. He's the Creator. But it's also true we have, we are nothing without Him, but we have nothing without Him. Our shepherd provides all for us. It is His world. And worship reminds us that God You are above all. There's none equal or above you. (coughs) Worship, that joyful noise, reminds us that He is the creator of all things. Making that joyful noise, entering into worship, reminds us that He is the shepherd. We have all because He's provided. Oh, well, I, I work hard for it. Well, who gave you the strength? Who gave you the job? Who gave you the mind with the work? Worship reminds us God is sovereign. Number three is this statement. We should be careful to give him gratitude and praise. Look at me, verse number four. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. We should be careful to give him gratitude in praise. Thanksgiving, being thankful in my worship, that shout of praise, thanksgiving, being grateful, comes with that command comes with no prerequisites. So what do you mean by that, Pastor? There is not a level your bank account's got to be out for you to enter into the presence of God and give thanksgiving. Because it's part of worship. Your health, you don't have to pass a health exam. Okay, my health is above this level, so now I have something to be thankful for. No, friend, God is worthy no matter our situation No matter our condition, we should enter. It is not a a command with a prerequisite. It is for us to enter into his presence and say, God, I'm here to make a joyful noise. I'm here to shout the victory. I'm here to shout the praise. And I'm going to enter into your presence with thanksgiving. Be careful to be thankful for what you have. Be careful to be thankful for how good God has been. If nothing else through this situation, it ought to help us realize how blessed people we are and how thankful we should be for the church we have, the Bible we have, the nation we have, the people that we get to go to church with. We ought to be thankful for that, but be quick. Be quick to shout the praise to Him, shout the victory to Him, and give thanks to Him. Well, I don't have it as good as somebody else, so therefore I'm not as thankful. 
Praise comes with no conditions. What I mean by that is very simple. Aren't we more likely to praise when this is going really good? It's a natural response. But my Bible tells me, and we see in this invitation to worship, I'm to make a joyful noise, and it has nothing to do with my perceived amount of blessings or lack of blessings. Because I promise you this, all of us have more to praise God about than we actually do. All of us have been blessed beyond what we deserve. He is worthy to be praised because of who he is. This is why Christians live with an ungrateful heart because we think it's about us and what we have, and it's not. It's about who he is. The fact that I get to speak his name this morning, and I get to read from his book this morning, and I get to stand before his church this morning, I'm unworthy of all that. I've got a whole lot to be thankful for. And friend, so do you because it is about him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about who God is. And no matter what we have or we don't have, he is worthy of worship. He is worthy of thankfulness. Just like you can't separate service from worshiping God, you can't separate thanksgiving from worship. He's worthy to be praised because of who he is, but also for what he's done. I enjoy my salvation. Before we got into all this different schedule. I was teaching on salvation on Wednesday night and making a statement often. I'm, I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven to enjoy being saved. I'm going to enjoy my salvation. Part of enjoying my salvation is being thankful for it. I like being saved. You think about what salvation means. Think about what salvation is. Think about how unworthy that we are of salvation. Think about that for a little while and you may just have to stop and say, hey, I need to go find a place where I can just... Make a joyful noise, and I'm ready to shout the victory because if God can save a dirty old sinner like me, he certainly is worthy to be praised, and I ought to be thankful for it. When's the last time that you were expressed thankfulness or praised God just for being a sovereign God? How many times have we been surprised or have used the word unprecedented in the last several weeks. But God hasn't been surprised by anything. God knows exactly what's going on. If your house is anything like my house, it's been said at least one time, well, by somebody, you think it's going to end at the end of April? I don't know. But can I tell you who knows? God knows. Because he's a sovereign God. He knows about the future, and there's nothing you or I can do that's going to change the future. Nothing's going to stop God from doing what God wants to do, what God has said he was going to do, because he's a sovereign God. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we can look in the, in, in, in the past in our life, and we're far enough removed, and we can look back and say, God, I, I can see how you work certain things in my life. 
where I would cross the path of this person so that I might get the salvation or my family would come in contact with this person so the salvation, the gospel. God is a sovereign God. He works when we don't see Him work. And when's the last time we just said, God, I got to talk to you about something. I'm ready to shout the victory or give that wartime shout. Thank you for being in control. I want to praise you because you've got every detail and you've worked out everything in my life. And what about His power? God is powerful enough to speak the stars into existence. And yet we worry. When's the last time that we worshiped Him and praised Him and gave thanksgiving for His power? How about His love? Not just His love to send His Son, but His love to care enough to capture every tear. My God is so big, His love is so great, that He would send His Son to pay the sin debt for every man that ever lived. But my God is such a caring God that every tear that every man has ever shed, He was aware of it. And the burdens that are carried by God's people today, He's aware of it. If He's aware of every sparrow that falls, He's aware of heartache, He's aware of burdens, He's aware of needs. How about the love of God, that not just that He would save us, that right there is enough, but the love of God that He would give us our daily bread. He would provide for us. He'd watch over us. He'd protect us. He's concerned about our every needs. Boy, we ought to go, walk into the presence of God, enter into His presence with thanksgiving and praise and be willing to be thankful for who He is. How about His holiness? I thank God for His holiness, for the standard that is set for holiness, what about His grace? Everybody here is a recipient of God's grace. Not just when it comes to salvation, but certainly in our salvation. But beyond our salvation, we all are beneficiaries of His grace and His mercy. Oh, I don't have enough time left to talk of the mercy of God. Say, what? I just can't come up with anything to be thankful for. How about the fact you're not in hell? How about his mercy? Boy, if, if you can't get on board with his sovereignty, you can't get on board with his power and his love and his holiness and his grace, I don't know how you can't. But if you can't, at least his mercy. You've got something to be thankful for. You've got something to praise God for. And say, well, we, we, we don't understand what's, what's happening right now. Well, you're not in hell. Well, well, the economy is going to be affected. You're not in hell. Well, well, we have been, we've been, we've been quarantined. And I'm home with my wife. Well, you might. Well, I go, I'll move on from there. But uh, His mercy. No matter how bad life gets, no matter what you deal with, if you're saved by the grace of God, you're experiencing the mercy of God on a daily basis. We look at the situation we're in and say, "What God, God might is ch maybe chastising us. He, he's getting us certainly closer to the coming of His Son. But this may be an act of mercy. 
before he does call his children home, before he does pour out his wrath on this world. He may be stopping the world so that sinful man will look to a holy God and realize their need of salvation. What we look as a, as a negative could actually be an act of mercy by, by a loving God. We ought to be thankful for his mercy. I move on to number four. This is going to be the deepest statement of the whole message. So you may have to do some study on this this week. We think of the invitation to worship. Come to statement number four is just this statement. God is good. Verse number five. For the Lord is good. Sometimes that's just saying enough, isn't it? I think I've made a pretty good argument this morning from Scripture of why we should make a joyful noise. Why we should shout the victory. Why we should shout praise to God. Why we ought to serve Him. Why we ought to be thankful. But if I hadn't given you all of that from the Word of God, and I'm not, if I didn't give you what I'm going to give you left in our remaining time, and I just said... For the Lord is good, that'd be enough to stop everything we're doing. That'd be enough to pause, put everything on pause. That'd be enough for us to have to excuse ourselves to say, I've just got to go talk to God for a minute. And I want to just enter into his presence and I want to shout the victory and I want to shout praise to him because God is good. He's good in the fact, besides others, he's given us Two very important things to hold on to, no matter what the circumstance is. We find them in verse number five. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. He mentions mercy and truth. Two things that we can hold on to, no matter what the circumstances, and I've already spent some time on it, but first of all, is his mercy. When you realized your need of salvation, when you came to the point in your life, you realized that you were a sinner. And because of your sin, it meant you had to pay for your sin in eternity of hell. For all of eternity, you'd have to suffer and pay for your sins. And you realized there was nothing you could do about it. But you learned the story didn't end there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son Whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. You from the scripture learned that God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He lived a sinless life. He was the perfect lamb of God and he went to the cross of Calvary to pay for your sins. And all you have to do is make that heart decision and put your faith 100% on what God did, 100% on what the Lord did, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and you would have salvation. Whenever that time was in your life, you grabbed hold of God's mercy. And friend, no matter how dark the days get, you can hold on to the mercy of God. I'm not experiencing what I deserve. I'm living in the mercy of God. And the scripture tells me his mercy 
is everlasting. It's never going to expire. It's never going to run out. No matter how old you get, you're still going to be able to hold on to the mercy of God. And we live in a world where God's mercy is on display and men ignore it and men don't look at it. And God is a merciful God because, let's be honest, this is a wicked world we live in. It's a world that shakes their fist at God and says, we don't want you, we don't need you. And yet God withholds his hand of chastisement. And God still displays his mercy. It's not going to run out. His mercy is everlasting. But also his truth. You can hold on to his truth. What do we hold on to in changing days? Things that never change. And that's the truth of the word of God. His truth endureth to all generations. I find great comfort in the fact that the truths that the previous generation held on to worked for them, and I can still hold on to them. That's why I'm not interested in changing. Well, the world's changing. Truth doesn't. Truth endureth to all generations. I find great comfort and confidence when I read the word of God and men find themselves, found themselves in much more serious situations than we find ourselves in today. And they held to the truths of scripture and God delivered them and God came through. These truths forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And what is good for that generation is he can still hang on in this generation. Say, Pastor, what's going to happen in all this? I don't know, but can I tell you one thing you can hold on to besides mercy? You can hang on to the truth of Scripture because God is unchanging, truth is unchanging, and his truth endureth to all generations. And whatever that future generation has to face, if the Lord tarries his coming, there's truth that will still be true for them. That's why as parents, we must pass that truth on to our children and then on to another generation because a world can crumble around us, a nation can dissolve around us, but yet the truth of God is sustained for all generations. God is good for a lot of reasons. He's good because I can live under his mercy every day. He's good because no matter what happens, I've got truth to hang on to. There's an invitation to worship. Make a joyful noise. Give the shout of praise to your God. Give the shout of victory. Give that wartime shout to your God. We have things that we can hold on to. We have a reason to worship. Friend, this morning as I conclude, I want to make two statements. With this message in light in the scripture as our foundation, the invitation to, wor to worship a God who is worthy of worship. Let me make this statement, number one, in conclusion. Your focus should always be on God. Worship 
is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about the world we live in. It is about God. You say, well, I'm just having a hard time worshiping God. It's because your focus isn't on God. If you keep your focus on God, it shouldn't take you very long to think about your salvation, to think about how good God's been to you, think about who God is and how He's unchanging and He's sovereign. And in a changing world, I can look to my God and know that I'm still saved, know that His foundation still holds, and I have confidence in that. And if my focus is on Him, it shouldn't take me very long to say, you're just going to have to excuse me. I've got to go make, where you got to go? i got to go make a joyful noise. I I got to go shout the victory. I got to go shout the praise to my God. I got to give that wartime shout. Why? Because God is good. Because God's mercy is great. Because God never changes. Keep your focus on Him. And the second statement I make in conclusion is this. Your focus can't be on God without the right relationship. I said, first of all, your focus should always be on God. Second statement, focus can't be on God without the right relationship. It's a fact. It's a fact that people do not like to hear. That an unsaved man cannot worship God as God desires to be worshipped. Because man is separated from God, but for the Lord Jesus Christ. Man can acknowledge God. God will still bless a lost man with an acknowledgement. Man could even say there is but one God. But until you have that personal relationship where you can enter into the presence of an almighty God. And friend, that's, let me remind you, that's what we do when we bow our head and we pray. We enter into the presence of of God, and the only right we have to be there is because we come washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we come with permission because of what Christ did and our faith in Him. You cannot worship Him as He deserves and desires to be worshiped as your relationship is not right with Him. But not only, and this is another unpopular truth, not only can a, is a lost man unable to worship God as God desires to be worshipped, a child of his, a believer, a Christian, cannot. Hear what I said. Cannot. Cannot worship him as he desires to be worshipped if he's out of fellowship with him. You can, the word worship probably is the most overused word in churches in general today. We think if we lob the word worship out, that means everything's okay. But no, friend... We have an invitation to worship. 
We have an invitation to make a joyful noise. And let my challenge is this, as we close this morning, your focus must always be on God. If it's on, well, I just don't feel like doing it. Get your focus on God and see how long it takes you to, 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 to be, get to a place where you want to worship Him. Well, the circumstances just aren't what they should be. Really? In this time? In the uncertainty about our jobs and the economy and health? Oh, yeah, certainly in that time. Because our focus should be on Him and keep our focus on Him. And if you're not... If you don't have the right relationship with him, you can't worship him as he desires to be worshipped. How sad for a Christian to go a lifetime and never worship the God who saved him. The God who created him. How sad for a child of his to go a period of time and not give him the worship he deserves because the fellowship is not what it's supposed to be. I'm thankful for those that have taken the time on a Sunday morning to join our live stream, those that met with us over in Clay County, those that are physically meeting with us now. As we put our focus on God, say so He's worthy to be praised. But tomorrow, if you have an opportunity to open your Bible, Put the focus once again on God. You've got an opportunity to serve Him with gladness. Are you going to worship Him? Are you going to take the invitation to make that joyful noise? Or is your fellowship such that you breaking out into spontaneous praise, that is just crazy. Can I tell you, it has nothing to do with personality. My personality is such, I'm laid back. You're never going to see me run a lap in church. Not because I don't get in, in the spirit. I don't think I can make it around. That's a whole other point. It's just not me. I walk into a room. I don't take the center of the room. It's just not me. But friend, I can tell you, it doesn't take me long. It doesn't take me long. When I put my focus on him, because I got to make a joyful noise. It's because I believe my fellowship with Him is what my fellowship should be. I don't have to get reacquainted. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, in these times we live in, what should we be doing? We should be depending on Him. We should be praising Him. I hope this helps you this morning.